0: You got two choices. You can uh, you can compete your butt off, or you can get up in fetal position and curl up and start crying. I'm not going to freaking do that. We're going to fucking excuse me. <laughs> I apologize to everybody, everybody, everybody.
1: Andrew Doughty alongside Morgantown West Virginia Native Chase Kitty on the High Motor podcast and before we get started here a couple weeks ago offline we were talking about how it kind of becomes the trendy thing to just shit on states or areas that you've never been to. I think we were specifically talking about New Jersey. A lot of people haven't been in New Jersey, but it feels like everyone just shits on New Jersey. You as a Morgantown West Virginia Native, do you feel like do you feel like the cool thing to shit on West Virginia's white trashiness is that? Is that fair to you? Is that shitting fair to you as a Morgantown native?
0: Oh my God. This is like a whole podcast, man. We're, we're opening with this. You know how comedians, some comedians will tell you like fat people are the last group of people you can make fun of and it's acceptable, right? I guess in 2020 we can debate whether or not that's true, but I'll tell you what's definitely true. You can, you can still make fun of West Virginians because I hear and it. they don't the mind it. Well, they definitely mind it, but it doesn't stop it from happening, right? Like, Like, I remember when I was in middle school and I went to middle school in Virginia. Like, I had teachers that knew I was from West Virginia and actively made fun of me, like, in class in front of students. And I was, like, 12. And I was like, are we really fucking doing this right now? Like, what? It's also
1: dumb. I mean, it kind of goes into the generalization thing where you... Well, like, I went to school in Kansas, and all the people in Kansas always make fun of Missouri. But I'm like, you are from Kansas. And yes, Missouri sucks, but so does Kansas. There aren't that many states where it's like the whole state is awesome. Most states have, like, a super amount of white trashiness or just pure shit, however, geographically type of people. Every state has that. So it's like we were talking about New Jersey. Like, I'm sure New Jersey has some decent places. But yeah, New Jersey has a lot of strip malls, like you said. What did you say? It's like one giant strip mall.
0: I think I think I said that when we were talking off the air. But yeah, like I, one of my best friends is from New Jersey. His I was in his wedding. His wedding was in New Jersey. I've spent a lot of time in New Jersey. Probably not as m- much as some people have, but I've spent a fair amount of time there. And it's incredible because it is like one long strip mall for miles and miles and miles and miles. It's just it's just an odd. Place, but like that's that's a major. I mean, there's a reason their economy is good, it's because everybody is buying everything from every store that's ever been conceived in the history of mankind. It's all in New Jersey in a neat little row on US route. I don't know, something. Uh, it's it's incredible.
1: All right, Chase Kitty, Morgantown native. Let's stay in the Big 12, and this is going to lead into the first part of the pod today. First part, and then we'll get into your wrong after this. So, you know, on Twitter, you'll see tweets in your timeline and they'll be there because it'll say like this account and 12 others follow this right like it's it's a suggestion it'll say like bill smith and 12 others. or your friend
0: from middle school liked this tweet so we're showing it to you
1: bingo so for probably the last probably two weeks or so i've been getting everything texas just shoved down my throat and it's honestly to the point where i think that twitter must have some sort of like paid promo opportunity where it's not a sponsored tweet but it's promoting these accounts to people with similar fall. I mean, it's constant. It's like every tw- you know like every 20 tweets you'll have a sponsored tweet. For me, it's like every 20 tweets it's it's a Texas tweet. It's one from like the Texas Video Department or some Texas baseball coach or Texas marketing, all these Texas things. And like we've beat this to death on the show how sick we both are of the Texas hype. And neither of us even you more than me, though. But neither of us even like dislike Texas. I don't like Tom Herman. He just seems like a dick. But neither of us even dislike Texas. But it seems like I know. Yes, me more than you. But you and I seem like we're both very sick of Texas at this point.
0: I think I think there's I'm starting to think there's a real chance Tom Herman might have killed at least some of your family members.
1: No Can you confirm on that. this? No. I told you before that no matter where I think Texas is going into the season, their ranking, I'm just going to push them down a few spots. Same with Nebraska, same with Miami, same with all those teams. But anyways, I'm only going to say that on Texas, but that leads me into something for the first half today's show. What are you sick of? What in college basketball, what in college football... Are you sick of it? And the reason I ask this specific question is twofold. One being the nonstop Texas stuff on my timeline. And number two, on Sunday night during the NBA All-Star Game, Myron Metcalf, ESPN College Hoops reporter. and, And no real beef here with Myron as a reporter. I generally like his stuff. No problem with him as a person, as a reporter. But on Sunday, he tweeted something really, really stupid. He tweeted, and I quote, Two years ago, I went to see Trey Young on Oklahoma's team photo day. Wasn't on the national radar. I went back to Oklahoma two months later, and he was getting text messages from Chris Paul. Two years later, he's a starter in the All-Star game. Easy to root for a dude like that. I am so sick of people digging so hard to find, to, to claim this out-of-nowhere guy. And to be clear, like those guys exist. But it is sure as shit not Trey Young, a McDonald's All-American, a five-star recruit. He was the 24th ranked recruit in the country in 2017. He made some uh, some preseason All Big 12 teams as a true freshman. I mean, these people exist. Like Steph Curry Trey, is not the to, out. Not to of cut nowhere. you off,
0: but like Trey Young got the Tim Tebow treatment on right. Sports Center like one week into the college <laughs> basketball season that year, and right. it, like the entire college basketball year. It was the Trey Young show on SportsCenter. Immediately. And it didn't even matter that, like, actually when you got 10 games into the season, we started to find out, like, that Oklahoma team wasn't even that good, mm-hmm. you know? They, there's, like, Trey Young's usage was so high, and I don't know if this was a Lon Kruger thing. I don't know if this was a Trey Young thing. I don't know why or what the the reason was, but, like, he was so much the focal point of that team that year that it actually hurt his team. And like he's been really good for Atlanta, and like I, I thought that that trade that Atlanta not to get too deep into the NBA stuff, but like I thought that Atlanta Dallas trade was like really bad for Atlanta, and it, and it turns out it's not, it hasn't been terrible for them. They still came out on the wrong side of it because Doncic has been just out of his mind. But like I, I just don't that that's a weird tweet. I agree with you that that was a weird tweet.
1: Well, it seems like, and and the reason I want to bring it up here is. Is like I said before, you rudely cut me off. Like there are people like that. I mean, it's, yeah, what it's Steph jerk. Curry, it's it's Damian Lillard, it's J.J. Watt, like Baker Mayfield. There are these out of nowhere people that we can talk about, but Trey Young is so far removed from being one of those people, and I don't know why. But like I was actually mad. I saw the tweet, I quote tweeted it, and basically said, "Come on!" I walked the dog, and I came back, and I was still kind of beefed up about it a little bit. Do you do you notice when people? It seems like they're trying so hard to be like, "Yep, I was there, Oklahoma photo date." Nobody knew who Trey Young was, even though everybody knew who Trey Young was. Do you feel like people dig too deep to almost claim these? Yeah, I saw him first. I was all over him. You guys didn't know about him. Do people dig too deep to do that, or am I
0: overreacting to this? I liked that band before it was cool. Is that is is that this is this the sports version of that? Yes. yes. Yeah, I feel like people people want to be – they want to be able to tie themselves – and I think this is human nature. I think to some degree everybody does this. I think everybody wants to be a part of some sort of significant story. They don't want to be on the sidelines. They want to be able to tie themselves to something big. And this, this goes so far beyond sports. Like I, I could have a really interesting political conversation about this that I don't want to do on this podcast – but like it, it's always about I want to tie myself to a story that is big because I, I don't know it's just human nature and that's a that's an interesting example uh, I, I don't know how you could possibly think that Trey Young is some like man Let me tell you this great story about this guy you've never heard of. Trey Young, and now he's in the All Star game. Yeah, that's right. And annoying. like I
1: said, I have no like personal problem with Myron, but I really I mean, like
0: Myron too. I love now his style. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just,
1: I'm just thinking, like, how you say that. I don't know. Myron's, what, in his 40s, probably? He's like 75 years old and sitting his grandchildren down. And just like you said, yeah. Guys, let me tell you, back in 2017, kid over in Norman by the name of Trey Young. I mean, it's like the Ed Reed claiming he was a two star. Spells it recru- A E. Kind of unusual. <laughs> I don't know. What, what what are you sick of? What are you sick of in college basketball, college football right now?
0: Um, I, I, I think I just get bored anytime a story gets done too long. Like it's funny you mentioned Trey Young because that year I had Trey Young fatigue before Christmas, man. I was over it. Like the the Tim Tebow minor league baseball stuff. Like, I didn't need an update on the fact that Tebow was hitting, like, 190 with the Mets AA team every 10 days. You know? I I didn't need that. Uh, Just just anything where it's like, why is this still a story? Why are we constantly talking about it? Anything that feels manufactured rather than organic, I get fatigue over so quickly. Uh, So, I mean, that that Trey Young thing is a great example. And, like... I'll give you the one that I have right now. The Houston Rockets are really hard to watch. And I think I've even talked about it on this podcast when we did a a foray sort of into professional basketball for a minute. And the whole like the nerds are ruining baseball and basketball, which again I've alluded to on this podcast. I believe all of that. But now the pendulum has swung so far over the last couple of months, it's like every podcast I listen to, everybody has to talk about how terrible the Rockets are to watch. And I get it, and I agree. But like, okay, we're all talking about this now all the time. We can we link every story back to the Houston Rockets are hard to watch. Like, I got it. Can we pick another subject? Anything that's like overdone, this is the natural life cycle of any story, Right this is interesting, it gains traction, more and more people start talking about it, and then it sort of jumps the shark, and, and before you know it, it's the lead to every episode of Center, and every story gets tied to it, and now I'm just kind of over it. So, I mean, there was yeah, a little I while where that... it was like, SC, like, who's the best, like, is the ACC better than the SEC in football? And it's like, I, I don't actually even care which conference is better, just stop talking about it, like, I don't care.
1: Well, yeah, and I think that, and when I started this podcast like a year and a half ago or so, and and you've done a lot of episodes with me, it it seems like and not to kind of you know push ourselves up here, but we make a pretty good effort to not talk about what everybody else is is talking about, and it's it's hard in some cases, but it's not like we're going to react to Mel Tucker going to Michigan State. Okay, what is your angle there? I mean, what specifically are you talking about? Or are you just going to get on and shoot the shit? I mean, do you know why I call this podcast High Motor? You probably don't,
0: do you? I assume it's because you have such a great work ethic, Andrew Dowdy. That's
1: exactly why. So, y- you know, when you turn and we, kind of, we actually kind of did this at the beginning of this podcast where we, we, t- we just kind of talked for, for three or four minutes about Morgantown and all that random shit is because when I turn on a podcast, my biggest pet peeve is when the hosts just have like this three to five, 10 minute conversation about nothing. They talk about absolutely nothing for like 10 minutes. I'm clicking like the 15 second fast forward thing on my podcast player constantly because I don't care about the personal conversation. I feel like it's a huge waste of time. And a guy with a high motor, like a defensive lineman with a high motor is never going to waste your time. You get it now?
0: Whoa. Right? blew my mind. That's
1: multi-layered. Whoa. Anyways, I got one here that I want to get your, your opinion on. Kind of going along, and what, what you said about the Rockets, and I'm not even an NBA guy, but it seems like the type of conversation that you can just fall back on. It, it's that type of conversation where even if you don't follow it that way, and be like, yeah, goddamn Rockets. Can't All those watch threes. Man, man. All those goddamn threes. I'm sick of people tweeting and proclaiming, the attorney is going to be wide open this year. Like it's some deep analysis. Like it's it's the water cooler talk for guys who don't play co- close attention to college basketball, close attention to who's actually good, who's in the field. I mean, they'll be like, "Yeah, I don't know, Baylor. I mean, Baylor looks tough, but it's so wide open this year, right, Bill?" It's you like, know, no, who I feel no like could shit. win it.
0: I feel like a team with a strong backcourt has a good chance this year. I don't understand that. Is it just?
1: Is it just pure? I mean, because no shit. The tourney is wide open every year. We talked about this, I think it was two weeks ago, where somebody had asked me, who do you think will win it all this year? And you're like, I don't know, one of the 68 teams that are in the tournament. <laughs> it's a 68-team, it's a six-round, single elimination tournament played in arguably the most competitively imbalanced sport in American sports. But this year, that, that proclamation that the tourney is so wide open feels especially dumb because, yeah, it's wide open every year. But it feels like people are also ignoring that we do have some really damn good teams this year. We have Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, San Diego State. Those four teams are something like 38-1 and or 40-1 and over the last month and a half. And we can get into scheduling and all that for San Diego State if you really want to talk about the weak Mountain West. But still, when I watch Baylor, I think that Baylor is honestly one of the best teams in college basketball over the last decade, they are so so damn good. So I'm just sick of people ignoring how good this Baylor team is, and just reverting
0: to yeah, well, she's wide open this year. Um, okay, so I got I got two thoughts, and they're completely different, and they're they're about two different parts of what you just said. So I'll start with the most recent one, which is the Baylor thing. I feel like Baylor. Some people are more willing to ignore them. Because they've lost early so many times, right? Like, how many times in the last decade have you seen Baylor lose in the first round as a three seed? I think it's happened, I mean, at least twice off the top of my head that I can think of.
1: Yeah, I'll look it up while you're talking. And
0: that's just the explicit ones that I know I can think of right now, right? So I know it's happened a bunch. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why they make it easy. People don't uh, trust them anymore, right. Yeah, Right. So th- I, I do think they have to win back some of that trust before people want to take them seriously as a national title contender. Um, talk, going off of... Uh, sp- I guess this is a very specific example, but we're talking about stuff that you're just sick of, this is applicable to both the NBA and college basketball. Sometimes it's appropriate. A lot of the time it's not. I feel like it's not appropriate this year in both the NBA and college the idea that, like, well, you know, they're the reigning national champions till somebody takes it from them. You know, that it's the Toronto Raptors NBA championship to lose this year. They won it last year. You know, they, they're number one until they lose. No, they're fucking not. Well, like, and I get it
1: in the concept. Like, if you want to say this is not the same Virginia team. Yeah, some players, like, Diacate is left over, and you can make the argument, yes, they have. I'm fine with saying... I trust Tony Bennett. I always got to watch out for a Tony Bennett team. I I'm fine with that too, but that's a it, different... What it suggests. Yeah, right. and like... That's the a more like reasonable approach. Yeah. yeah, right, but this is not... I mean, there are so few basketball and football teams that come back in college with anything resembling the same team. You are not the defending champ almost ever. LSU is not going to be having the championship to... LSU might win eight games this year. This is not LSU's LSU. championship LSU might finish in the
0: bottom half of the SEC West.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm sick of that too.
0: Yeah. So it just like I like I don't I I don't ever want to hear the whole you know, and, and we talk about it some in FCS football where, you know, there is this whole controversy that actually Hero Sports was sort of in the middle of last summer because our FCS team, when they put their poll out, North Dakota State was the reigning two time national champion and they weren't number one in the poll. And it's because they graduated like 30 seniors from arguably the greatest team in the history of FCS football. And they were number two in the preseason poll and JMU, which full disclosure, I was, is my alma mater. JMU was number one. And everybody was like, how can you put North Dakota state at number two? They won the national championship last year. And it's like, who cares? Be, because look, look at the roster. JMU's bringing back like a hundred percent of their team. Like, like, North Dakota State's bringing back almost, you know, like twenty five percent of their team. It, it, you don't, you're not number one because you were last year. So that's that's one that's really it. it just bugs the hell out of me. And you know we're gonna see it on Sports Center and all these other shows when we get into March. This, hey, this UVA team, you know, they've really grown this year. And don't forget, I don't know if you know this, they won it last year.
1: You want to play your wrong? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so last week, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood made an appearance in You're Wrong. So I want to stay in showbiz, and I'm pretty certain that you're going to slap me with a You're Wrong here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Go for it. And I'm going to say that movies that take a dramatic genre turn midway through 20 20 minutes in, 30 minutes in, at some point in after a good chunk of the movie in which they've established that, hey, this is a drama. This is a comedy, etc. And then they go, "Nope, gotcha." This isn't at all what you thought it was. This is, in fact, sci-fi. This is a psychological thriller. Those movies feel like cheating to me. Now it's your turn to tell me that I'm wrong on that.
0: I just feel like I need more information on what a what sure. a, a a genre turn is. Like, could you give me an example of what that? Sure, might I'll give be? you a
1: couple examples. So today I I was watching. This is the end. Did you ever see it?
0: Uh, yeah, that's, that's the one, uh, Seth comedy, and they, like, all Seth play Rogen, themselves. Danny. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they're, I mean, they're, the Michael, Sarah's the movie an movie. asshole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: He just, I mean, it's all like, it's not that good, like 20 minutes in, but it's still, like, it's still funny. It like, gets still Watson's funny halfway through it. Yeah. It's still funny to see Michael Sarah over in the corner doing blow. That was that's, the funniest that's...
0: part of that entire movie. That's just funny. And then he gets four years and, of awkward Michael Sarah movies and then all of a sudden right. he's doing cocaine like a maniac at a house party. Yeah. Yeah, and hilarious.
1: then so I'm like, okay, this is just gonna be like a you know funny comedy. Everyone's kinda playing themselves, but like different versions of themselves. This is okay. And like twenty minutes in, there's like an alien attack. And they're all confined to this house. So I, I, I'm I, 20 minutes in this movie thinking this will be, you know, an easy watch on the eyes, 90 minutes, whatever it is. And then, boom, nope, we got aliens. Same thing with A Beautiful Mind. It's like this same exact shit where they got half hour in and it's like, oh, this is fantastic. Spy thriller, like, this is going to be amazing. Oh, no, wait, it's not. I think I actually turned I don't even remember what happened after they they pulled the rug out from underneath you in a beautiful mind. I think I turned it off. That type of movie I feel like is cheating.
0: Um it's an interesting observation and I think it I I, I this is going to sound a little douchey of me to say, but I don't mean it that way. It's actually maybe even a smarter observation than you mean it to be. Uh because rhetorically you you're sort of you're you're sort of settling somebody in for a sucker punch, right? Yeah, I
1: yeah, I understand all I I mean, like, we've talked about this offline. You and I both kind of dabble in, in screenwriting casually, and I get the, the concept of we're going to, um like, I listened to Script Notes podcast with, with John August and Craig Mazin, and they were using Training Day as as the example how when Ethan Hawke gets assigned, kind of like this old, like, gritty cop who knows the streets, and then you, you kind of settle into that relationship, and then it takes a dramatic turn. I get setting the stage, and you're supposed to kind of mislead your viewers, but... When you're doing it to that extent, you have this 20 minutes of just fun, simple comedy. And then there's an alien strike.
0: Like, what are we doing here? It doesn't it doesn't bother me like I. it appears to bother you. But I but I get what you're saying. And I don't think you're wrong about what, your point. I just don't. It doesn't bother me. But you. you are correct about the I'm
1: surprised that you're on board with this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, right. I'm not on board with it in that I fully approve and, like, people should stop doing that, but I, you are correct about your observation in that it, it is sort of a rhetorically cheap way to soften up your audience.
1: Number two, Texas needs to fight. Hey, Texas is back. I got Texas back here after shitting on them in the first part of the show. This is, so
0: far we've got Texas and screenwriting, so this really is the greatest hits of Andrew and Chase's text thread.
1: Number two, Texas needs to fire Shaka Smart right now. Immediately, as in right now, and begin pursuing John Beeline today, not in three weeks after the Big Twelve tournament. Right now, immediately, they need to do that.
0: Uh I think I agree with you. Yeah.
1: What? It, where is your hesitation? The buyout? Um, not thinking that Beeline is the right guy.
0: Well, my hesitation is that's a sp- sort of just a statistical one. That's a very specific thing. And is that course of action objectively the right one measured against any other possible course of if action? If I
1: said wait until after the Big 12 tournament, would you have said yes immediately? But no, I
0: think you're right because if, and it's it seems like by the time this podcast comes out, we will probably know even more information than we do now. It seems like the Cavs and Beeline are headed for a split sooner rather than later. Beeline is automatically going to be toward the top, if not the top, of the new school coaching targets. Why would you wait around to make a decision that feels inevitable when you can make it now and then be in a much better position to go after an obvious top coaching target? Yeah, so I think you're right.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be different if I'm not saying they should fire him and then go chase a mid-major coach that's that's still going on right now. There are advantages to firing your coach early and to kind of being the, the first. We've seen other coaching changes already, but it you would be the best job by far thus far and probably the best job. That's going to come open this year. So if you have a coach that even if John Beeline and the Cavs say, let's ride it out for the year, it seems like there's some sort of problem there. So why not fire him now and get that ball moving?
0: Does John Beeline want to coach? Uh, next year is something that I would feel like he's got to be in his 60s right he's he's not a young guy he's not a prohibitively old guy either but he's not young and you know after all this stuff with the Cavs 67 some of it's he's been,
1: 67 years old sure
0: some of it's been really ugly and I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to go coach again he wants to take one more coaching job but he wants a little bit of a siesta after this Cleveland stuff because some of it's just been really nasty
1: Number three, last one here. So last week we asked the question, what if Rob Manfred ran college basketball? What if he ran college football? Staying in that world, staying in that Astros cheating world here, the sign-stealing equivalent, just just the sign-stealing part, using the dugout monitors and trash cans, I'm not talking about the buzzers piece here, just the sign-stealing equivalent in college basketball would be a team installing a ceiling camera over the opposing team's bench and a mic under the seat the other team is watching a monitor, listening in. That's what I think is the equivalent. Is that wrong? What else would be closer?
0: Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't even know. I don't even know if there is an equivalent because of the structural differences between basketball and baseball. I don't even know if you could have a parallel of what the Yeah, because what did.
1: are you going to get out of a huddle?
0: Let's go, guys. Lock them down. Yeah, like so I heard a story recently about how, like in the seventies, they would, you know. Now, TV cameras are like allowed in timeouts, and they'll catch like that. They'll give you the little inside glimpse of what they talked about in the huddle, but it's never anything valuable. They're just like, "Come on, guys, we got to hustle. We got to, we got to lock down on D these next couple minutes." Like, no shit. Like you're not really. Well, even if anything.
1: it is, they're they're drawing up one play I don't think knowing that a play is coming honestly in college basketball is as valuable as knowing what pitch is coming
0: right but evidently in like the 70s before we had you know any of these modern ideas of hey we better be careful about what we allow tv cameras to capture evidently in the 70s they would just let cameras in as they like drew the play and they would like show the play on tv and I heard about this and that like the Celtics coach knew about this and would like run a player into the locker room to watch the TV broadcast and see what the play was, and they would run back out and tell the act the team like, hey, this is the play they're about to run.
1: How was there even enough time to to do that and then come up with a defensive strategy for it? There probably
0: isn't. I have no idea. But what advantage really,
1: yeah. I, I, that that that's kind of why I was struggling with this, because I wanted to find some sort of equivalent, because that's what we did last week. We were trying to find You know what? What is the equivalent of what Manfred is proposing for for um, banning the shift, for increasing playoffs, and all that stuff? And I was trying to figure out some sort of equivalent. I think it'd be a little bit easier for football because there's a play called in every thirty seconds, whereas in basketball there's no nothing really happens in a huddle. Like you said, it's more of the guys getting a break and the coach wanting to stop momentum, maybe calling a play or two. Maybe in the final seconds it could be valuable. Yeah,
0: you're really only talking about hey, hedge off this guy, or hey, let's double team off of a pick and pop, and you know st- stuff like that. There's not a lot of, as you've said, there's there's not a lot of hard play calls. So
1: All right, that'll be it for today, but we'll be back on Sunday. That's Sunday, February 22nd, with another episode of the High Motor Podcast. In the meantime, check out past episodes. Mike Minter was last week, really great call with him, had David Sean a couple of weeks ago. And as a reminder, as college basketball heats up, hit up Chase on Twitter, at ChaseAKitty. With any hoops, betting questions, he is a kind man. He is always willing to help. Thanks for listening to the High Motor Podcast.